Welcome to Out of Game episode 13. In today's episode, we welcome special guest Tim to join us and discuss the best and worst of Gen Con 2015. This is your host, Ryan. Join me, Chris, and Tim as we go out of game. Welcome to episode 13 of Out of Game. Episode 13. We have a special guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm uh, Tim, part of the gaming group here. Been with these guys for I don't even know how many years now. More than a dozen for sure. Countless. Countless. Kind of into everything. Done minis, done board games, done video games. So kind of have a whole wide background. RPG. RPG for sure. Yeah. In case you guys are wondering, this is the Tim that we always refer to that always beats us at board games. Yes, yes. Uh, Actually, Ryan made a funny statement last time. He said that uh, with the new games, I see the games in the Code of the Matrix. Yes. (laughs) That's definitely true. Well put. You know, like graphic design and art doesn't matter to Tim. He just sees green numbers and letters Mm -hmm. falling on the screen and symbols. It's pretty amazing, actually. So that's Tim. We've heard him heard us talk about him, and thought I'd bring him on the show because today we're we're talking about Gen Con 2015, and Tim was there with us. Yeah, Gen Con was a great time this year. We went for an extra day. Normally we go, we stay what two nights, and this time we stayed three nights just because of the way they were doing the system for reserving your room, and it, we really enjoyed it. It was a great time this year. Played a lot of good games and met some people and uh, had a lot of fun. So in this episode, as with last Gen Con, we'll be discussing our top and bottom things about Gen Con. And, you know, we have an extra voice, so we're, we're kind of excited to share this, see what's changed since last, last year, and uh, to hear another opinion from our friend Tim here. Uh, but before we do that, let's jump into the Spawn Point. So, we're in the spawn point. So, Chris, why don't you start? What have you been up to? Well, I've learned recently that I make a clicking sound when I talk. <laughs> and so, I, I need to work on that. Uh, just a, a personal improvement segment. No, um, in, in the biggest news for me is Gen Con. I mean, we were basing this whole podcast to talk about what we did at Gen Con. And ever since we got back, we're just sort of in decompression mode and been doing some metagaming, talking about some of the, the games we played and uh, like the high points. And we did have one game night since Gen Con, and we spent a lot of time there talking about it too. Some of the other people that went with us too had good stories that I haven't heard because I wasn't there with them when when uh, they experienced those, those things during the games they played. And so I've been catching up with them on that. And um, so, yeah, I think it's all about Gen Con, even... Even outside of gaming, uh, we've been talking about Gen Con. I will mention The Emancipation Pattern, book two of my trilogy. It was released on Amazon recently, so that was kind of a big deal for me. Congratulations. Thank you. Maybe we'll do another another contest for some giveaways, but that, that's the only other news I had. Cool. Uh, Tim? Of course, I do the hosting for the game nights on all fronts. One of the things I'm doing is modifying one of my mini cabinets that I keep my Dwarven Forge stones in and swapping out hinges so it's real exciting <laughs> um the other thing is a uh, big big player of the x-wing game so me and uh, my brothers 
have been playing a lot of that lately. So, tell me a little bit. So, I've seen this minis cabinet. Is this the custom cabinet that you built? Yeah, I mean, deck? basically, it's. Uh, I guess it could be called a dresser because it's a very, it's a really nice cabinet. It's got about twelve drawers in it, uh, and they're basically perfect size for fitting the Dwarven Forge pieces of hardware that they've created. So, we use that during all of our RPG games and uh, any other time we use minis. So. Yeah, see, see, Tim. Unlike Chris and I, Tim is actually into miniatures gaming, which is like a facet of gaming that, for whatever reason, I've never really been that interested in. But I, I listen to other podcasts where they talk about it, so I feel like you're, you're making us more well-rounded today, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> need that. Well, that's good. Yeah, th- this cabinet he has, you, you have to try to picture like a, it's like a chest of drawers looking thing, but the drawers are only like what, like two inches about high? Two inches, yeah. And how many drawers are there? About a dozen. Yeah, so he built this thing just to hold miniatures. So as far as geekdom goes, uh, Tim's pretty up there. Yeah, it's kind of like instead of doing the geek chic gaming table, it's the geek chic dresser for holding stuff. Yeah, and actually Tim could, he could probably, like the first year that we went to Gen Con and we saw the geek chic tables, like Chris and I are probably just like staying there staring at it. Tim is like looking underneath it and on the side. He's like trying to figure out the measurements because he could actually build one. It's still on the docket to be done. That, that looked like the Matrix too, yeah. too, didn't it? Yeah, that, that 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 will be getting done for sure. Yeah, you know, where would you put it though? Your basement's pretty full. I'd just get one of my boring flat tabletops and replace it with that. You got to do that. It's on the docket. So I'll, I'll come and help you build it. There we go. That'd be awesome. So for me, uh, not gaming related, but I guess geek related. Have you guys ever watched um, any of the Stargate series? No, never saw that. I saw the movie. The movie. You watched the movie? Yeah. So, I don't remember. Oh, so I was listening to the Secret Cabal podcast, and they were talking about TV shows that they like. And uh, one of them mentioned that Stargate, the show Stargate Universe, which is the most recent Stargate that was released. He, and he said that he goes back and rewatches it over and over. But they also said that it they the show ended on a cliffhanger and then it got canceled, which is kind of annoying. But I was like, huh, if he's going back and watching it over and over, I've got to check this out. So I watched it, and I was surprised to see that, you, you know, in Once, did you ever watch Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Yes. The guy that plays Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah. He, he's in Stargate Universe. He's, like, one of the main characters. He's probably the best actor on Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And favorite. he has, like, a, on this show, his name is Rush, and, he, and he's, like, a scientist. And, but this show is really good. I, I was surprised. What, the way that the Secret Cabal explained it is it's, like, Battlestar Galactica ended, and then this show started and kind of picked up where they left off. Mm. So it kind of has the same feel. Like these people are on this ship; they're stranded. They're trying to get back to Earth, uh, and they're they're having to explore these planets to get resources to stay alive. But it has like an ensemble cast, so it's following around all the different cast members. It's a really good show, and it's on Netflix. I highly recommend you watch it. But because of that, it made me start to think. You know, there's a lot of shows out there that they were prematurely ended. And it's it's been happening to me a lot, especially since I've been watching shows on Netflix. Firefly. Firefly is a great example. Yeah, and I think that everybody knows that now. Everybody that was involved in the decision to end that has knows their mistake. Yeah. So I, I made like a list of shows that I've watched, and maybe you guys can fill in other. So from from bottom to top, these are the shows in or, reverse order that I think ended prematurely from. I guess, quote-unquote, worst to the best. So Terra Nova, did you guys ever watch Terra Nova? Yes, yes. That show was great. That annoyed me when they stopped it. It was, I would say it was good. It was like the replacement for Lost. It wasn't. It was like the year after Lost ended. I I think the one mistake they did with that show is they should have stayed in current time a little bit longer. Their, Their current 
environment on Earth was really interesting before they even went to Terra Nova, and that was like one episode. Yeah, that's true. So Terra Nova, that, that show deserved at least another season. Uh, Revolution, did you guys watch Revolution? Yeah. You know, they started to jump the shark a little bit, but it was getting like more um, science fiction towards the end. It could have gone, I think it could have gone good places, but Chris has a beef with that show, so I'll just spit it out. <laughs> oh my God. The girl is so annoying on that show. I watched that show every week. I watched every episode of it yeah. because I did like, I liked the premise. The premise was really good. I do like a lot of the actors on there. The main guy was very good. He was in that, that Red Riding Hood movie, the werewolf movie. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he's was like the main guy yeah. and uh, Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost was in it. So there was is that Juliet? I don't know. Juliet, yeah. So there were a lot of reasons that the show was good. I mean, the premise got a good cast, but this girl—I don't even know what her name is—the the actress, <laughs> but she was like the main, like younger girl on there was so annoying, uh, like way worse than Skylar from Breaking Bad, like like way worse. <laughs> so I don't know. That was kind of when the show was canceled. I felt. A little bit like I'm glad that put me out of my misery because I had a love hate relationship with that show. Did you like um, the guy that played Aaron? The the guy that was supposedly yeah worked at Google. The Google guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I liked I liked most of the cast. You I know James could have played him. James. Yeah. Oh my my he, friend. James. He could have played he could have played that role. He has the look and like the swagger. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, go on. Maybe maybe the sequel. Uh, Jericho. Yeah. Another that that that's the best entry on your list so far. Okay, Jericho was canceled way before its time. Nah. In fact, that was one of the few shows, maybe the only show, that was ever resurrected by the fans. Yeah, you. I don't know if you heard that story with the peanuts and that everybody mailed in peanuts to the. No. Oh, so so they canceled Jericho, <laughs> and you know Jericho was a show. It was about like a post nuclear. You know, it's like an apocalypse, post-apocalyptic situation, and there was a lot of intrigue over what set off the bombs, and it was like an inside job. And it, it was it was interesting to see how the people, the humans, survived. And there were some good storylines on there, but they canceled it. They they canceled the show, and there was a scene where I can't remember the details, mind it, but it involved peanuts in okay. the scene. And so everybody sent in bags of peanuts <laughs> to uh, the the That's producers great. or the network. You know, to the people in charge of, of canceling it. And they received so many peanuts that they, they were forced through just social media that they had to give it. They said, all right, we'll give it one more season, but then that's it. We'll let them, like, wrap things up. So they, they, all the actors went their separate ways and came back wow. to do this season, wow. which was really good. Wow. And the, the fans felt like they participated in that. It was kind of a, a cool deal. I didn't send any peanuts, but I was glad that they did that. So that is one show where they continued the story with the graphic novels. I actually bought the graphic novels. I haven't read, read them yet. But if you think about it, a graphic novel... What's the magic number for your, your novels that you haven't read? <laughs> um, it's like in the 20s or 30s. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. But if you actually, if you include my Kindle books, it's way worse. Way worse. It's probably like in the fifties. Sensing a pattern here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I bought these graphic novels. If you think about it, a graphic novel is a great way to continue a canceled series because they can they can draw the art that looks like the actual actors. So it's it's kind of like you're watching the frames of the TV show. Mm-hmm. I've not actually re- read a graphic novel as a continuation of a show. I've looked at one, so I don't know if it would be the same experience. But it's kind of an interesting way to 
finish it off for the fans that just wanted to know the story. Is, is the, the graphic novels fan fiction or it's no, it, it's produced by okay. the yeah by the cool. same writers. Continuing on, I had Stargate Universe next since I'm going in order. Neither of you guys have watched that. Then I had Firefly, yeah. and for and I had Firefly as number one on my list for a while until I remembered about Legend of the Seeker. Oh man, Legend oh, of the Seeker! God. Legend of the Seeker is like one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yep, I was so distraught when they canceled Legend of the Seeker. That was. And I heard it was some something with the actor. Yeah, uh, I, it was the it was the actress who played Um There was some issue she had with travel or something because yeah. they were filming it in New Zealand. Yeah. And but by the way, before I continue on the Legend Seeker, I just want to comment on your list as a whole. Your list is exactly right. It's one of the best lists you, you ever made. <laughs> I, I I don't know, not only agree with the shows but the order because <laughs> Firefly is probably known to be like the number one show that people wish was not canceled. Yeah. You know, if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, obviously you don't really care. But then Legend of the Seeker, I don't know how many people watch that show. It was, You're exactly right. They nailed the cast. Yeah. The cast, it was so well cast. If you've read the books, especially, the guy that played Richard is like the, the, the main lead role. You know, you needed a really good balance between a strong like alpha dude but also he had to be likable yeah and and the guy was likable it was it was just everybody was was perfect and then they 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 just stopped they just like came to a stop yeah. it's just a shame so disappointing tim did you have any other shows to add uh, you know i i've kind of they've annoyed me enough that i've almost stopped watching new series until <laughs> they've made it to like season three right it's, so it's become it's become a very irritating thing to me that and it seems to be these these sci-fi or fantasy ones that are the ones that get canceled the most. Yeah. And you know, I, I think actually the Sci-Fi Channel has been doing a good job. I've actually started watching Dominion on Sci-Fi, and I'm actually really enjoying that one. It's in its second season. I'm hoping they continue it, and I'm hoping because it's not one of the main networks that maybe it will have a longer life than you know some of these other shows do. Yeah, the, the sci-fi and fantasy do have that problem. And yeah. I think it's because of the cost to make an episode. Yeah, they're and, probably know, expensive effects. to produce, and they need yeah. more numbers. I thought of another one. V. Is it V? Uh, I, I never watched. I stopped watching V, so I didn't it, really it was get into getting, it. it was, oh, there's one I forgot, too. I was going to say the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay. I was sad to see that one go. Great show. You know, I was skeptical about the whole idea of a TV show based on Terminator, but... Again, great cast. They had a really good John Connor. And ironically, uh, Firefly Summer Glau was in this too. And yeah. it got canceled prematurely. There were others too that probably deserved to be canceled. But there were shows that I liked. Like Dollhouse, I was kind of a fan of that. And they canceled it. There was one called Human Target that I thought oh, was Oh, I watched good. that show yeah, a that, couple that times. that got canceled. Oh. I was surprised that one was canceled. But The one I thought of is Flash Forward. You oh, Flash yeah. Forward? I do, yeah. That was a pretty good show. I don't know where it would fit in my rankings. Probably, probably after Revolution, like a little better than Revolution. I'm trying to remember how much I liked that show. I think I, I remember not being surprised that it was canceled. Yeah, but but I liked it. I watch it every week. I like I like shows that have um, weird like alternate timelines right. and stuff like and that. And they take risks, you know, do nah. something creative. So anyway, that was that's just something I've been thinking about is. When you have Netflix, I think this happens more because you watch these shows from beginning to end, and then you just get like suddenly you're just like, ugh. It's like an author dying before he finishes a trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Uh, and I wanted to talk about one thing. I don't have this in the notes, but I heard this on the way over here. This is game related. Uh, Richard Garfield has designed a new game that is on Kickstarter and is due out in October. 
It's called Treasure Hunter, and it is a drafting game, like Seven Wonders. Hmm. So I'm pretty interested in that. Has I've, Richard Garfield made drafting games? Well, no, but he made Magic, which right, has right, drafting, which is, right. pretty much. Which I know you know that, but no, he hasn't made a that I know of made a drafting game yet. He's he's done a good job with um, not missing. You know, nah. his, his games usually work out pretty well. Roborelli. Except for Robo. Oh, you made that? Yeah. Oh, I, I retract that. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a very popular game for ever. some, but... <laughs> Sorry, anybody who likes Robo King of Tokyo he, he was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Magic. He's made some pretty good games. Yeah. So I, I did watch the Kickstarter video, and it looks interesting. It looks about the same weight as Seven Wonders, so might be a good alternative to that. It plays up to six. Is that of symbols or words? I don't know. Oh, that's a topic for a future time. <laughs> Speaking of future times, we're hoping that sometime in the future we'll get on the Dice Tower Network. So we have another appeal to Mr. Tom Vassell, and it goes a little something like this. Dear Tom Vassell, many board game podcasts attend Gen Con as members of the press. They will likely schedule and record multiple interviews with designers, publishers, and industry insiders. They will take pictures of all of the new game releases and use social media to share about their feelings through the four days of the convention. On our podcast, when we go to Gen Con, we generally avoid the dealer hall, spend the majority of our time playing games in our hotel lobby, forget to hand out our business cards, then release a Gen Con episode which includes the top things we didn't like about Gen Con. This, sir, is why we deserve to be on the Dice Tower Network. Sincerely, the Out of Game Podcast. To be a great champion, you must believe you are the best. If you are not, pretend you are. It's time for some Fake It Till We Make It. So just, just to remind everyone what Fake It Till We Make It is, this is where we answer questions from the Dice Tower Network. As if we were on the network, even though we aren't. Because we, be- we believe that we deserve to be, and so we just want to pretend. It's kind of like sitting at the kitchen table like where the, all the adults sit without asking permission, just so that you get included yeah. in the adult table conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's start this out with what game... We have actually three questions this time. Sheesh. So, first one is, what game is best to play in a tournament setting? Yeah, I think... The number one criteria for being in a tournament setting has got to be speed. It's got to be quick. It's got to be a fast-paced game. It can't be a three-hour game because then you go into the next round and you play another three-hour game. That's a long tournament. It's a long tournament. So games like Magic, you know, lends itself well when they don't use too many rules to bog down the process. But Magic itself is a fast game. If you're playing, you can crank out a best of three in a half hour, 45 minutes. That's a good example I've never played in a Seven Wonders tournament, but that would be a good one because you can do it quickly. At Gen Con, we'll talk about this in a bit, but One Night Ultimate Werewolf makes a good tournament because it's timed. It's a timed game, and the time isn't that long. So you can get through several rounds. So I would say that would be the number one criteria for me. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I'm mean, the same kind of thing. Uh, I'm going with the X-Wing route. Same thing. It's a, a you know a nice short skirmish can be played. Usually the tournament's there about an hour. 
but it's something that you can play and you can get several rounds done fairly quickly. I'd expect maybe even next year you might start seeing some Imperial Assault skirmish scenarios doing uh, some tournaments there. So, But yeah, it's, it's the shortness of the game so that you can play you know several rounds and get through a whole game in you know, at least an eight-hour period versus you know, three days. How long is a round in that game? X-Wing, it's basically you face off with two 100-point fleets against each other. So the ships can be from... You know, depending on how you design your ships, two ships to, uh, you know, Empire can get up to sometimes seven ships with just ties. The games are actually timed to be one hour. So you have okay. one hour to complete. Person with the most points at the end wins if huh. no one's destroyed. So it is a timed game. It is a timed game. Oh, good. So I have a beef with, with one of your answers, Chris. Uh-oh. Okay. So I thought about this, too. So Magic the Gathering, I think there's a criteria for a tournament that I think everyone should be on an equal equal playing field or equal footing and the limiting factor with magic is money so if you want to compete in a magic the gathering tournament you have to have enough money to buy competitive decks okay so then i'll i'll qualify it as a as a a booster draft or sealed deck yeah so everybody's in the same that's a little better playing field that's a little better because point it's a good point and even then though you could get screwed with what cards you get if someone gets lucky in, the, in like a sealed deck and they get some really awesome rare, you know they're going to do better than everyone. Maybe if they're a decent player. But if it's a if it's a normal game that everyone always has the same same equal footing, same starting point, I think that is a criteria for a good tournament. I, I think you in general have a problem with Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I do. I have a little problem with it. Okay. There's a lot of too much nerd rage in that game. So I wrote, I actually put the game Splendor. One of my criteria is also that it has to be quick. And I also think it should be strategic, not like luck-based. And Splendor is a pretty strategic, quick game. The games take like a half hour. The rules are real easy to learn, so you could even new people could just join the tournament and learn the rules and have a chance, you know, at doing well. So I, I decided to go with Splendor. That would be my choice. All right, question numero dos. What game show would you want to see made into a board game? I was going with Survivor. Okay. Just because, I don't know, game show, reality show. Uh, we've talked about the parallels between the show Survivor and gaming. Right. And it is a very strategic game. There, there are some things in there that lend itself to board gaming, and that would be interesting to see. Yeah. I actually think Survivor would make a better video game, an MMO video game. So everyone is, is of course, you would have to have um, like headsets, be able to talk with each other. But everyone is in like a world together, and then every day you vote someone off until there's one person left. There's so much. It's so interaction heavy, though, that you'd think that you'd have to be face-to-face. You, you're right. You could probably make that work. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting if you could do a turn-based version of that rather than a real-time version. Hmm. That would be interesting, too. I don't know how that would work. But, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of elements to the game of Survivor that lend itself to gaming. By the way, any Survivor fans out there, Jekyll and John got married last Sunday. Oh. Nobody cares. <laughs> cool. Congratulations, Jacqueline and John. Okay. I'm sure you're listening. So then, then what's the elimination criteria? Just you just eliminate the people you don't like and that are annoying? Exactly. <laughs> just like yeah. real life. Well, what's different? What's what's wrong with that in a game, right? I mean, think about it. If you like, imagine this. Here's 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 my point. Imagine Dave playing the game. Okay. Okay. We have a Survivor the board game, and Dave is there. Are you going to keep him around or vote him out because he's annoying? I'm going to keep him because he's entertaining, or because you want to go up against him with in the end in the jury. Yeah. So so you're forced to keep somebody like that around. But Dave is likably annoying. 
He's likably annoying. But <laughs> but I think that it goes to the point that it, it isn't always predictable who you're going to be voting out yeah. every time. So Well, the point of Survivor, too, is they put a bunch of annoying people together so that they annoy each other and get people out. And if you're getting together with your game friends and you're annoying each other, might, might be, be the good, wrong game group. Maybe a good convention game. It would be a good convention game with strangers. a good convention game yeah. where you don't know anybody. That would be a great event at, at convention, it would, it actually. Would be a great event. We might be on to something because... If you remember, one of the best things about One Night Ultimate Werewolf, the way they set that up, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, is they made sure you're at tables with people you, you haven't played with before, and I think that made it more fun in yeah, a lot of ways. I agree. And something like Survivor, if there were a game like that, if you had people you didn't know, it would be a thousand times better. Yeah. yeah. Timbo. Well, I, I didn't do the game show because I was thinking Jeopardy and all these kind of game shows, and it just goes. So I just went out and picked a show, and that would be like the Dominion show that I was talking about before, just because I liked the whole background concept of it with the angels and humans fighting. And I thought someone could do a real kind of good gameplay scenario around that kind of a topic. What is that show about? I've not seen this show. Uh, it's basically, uh, God's angels have come down to Earth, Gabriel and Michael being the two big ones that everyone knows. And they're on different factions. Michael is protecting the humans from extinction, and Gabriel's trying to do the opposite and basically kill all the humans on Earth in hopes of their father returning. Okay. So What's it's Gabriel's kind of a problem. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> He's got a beef with the humans. What that's, Bible that's are they it. reading? Yeah. So then, of course, there's a, a chosen one that has a, these mystical writings that appear on his body, and that supposedly leads how to have their father return. So they're fighting over this guy to try to see who can decipher these things and, and cause the basically the second coming. Huh. Have to check that show out. It's actually very interesting. I've gotten into it quite a bit. They're gonna have trouble naming that game though, because Dominion is already taken. What they call it? It's true. Michael versus Gabriel. Good. Call it Dominion. The sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> you could call it the angriest <laughs> angel. Oh, that was taken too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I will sue over yeah, that. Gabriel, maybe he is the angriest angel. Yeah, maybe. could be second angriest. Okay, if you've read the book. Um, so me, I chose the sh- the game show Hole in the Wall. Did you ever ever oh see this? Oh my god. <laughs> This is where, so you're, you stand on this platform, and then this giant wall moves towards you, and it has like a hole in it, and you have to put your body into the shape to go through the hole. Yeah. So my idea is that you have all these like different board game bits, and then you have like 30 seconds to stack them while this wall moves towards them with a hole in it, and you have to stack them so they go through the hole, and if they, and then you'll get points for how many things like are standing at the at the end it's of each round. It's a physical dexterity. Yeah, it'd be like a dexterity game. So you'd never win. Hole in the wall. Yeah, no one ever no one ever goes through the hole, but it'd be fun to try it. Like like stacking meeples and little cubes and stuff. Yeah, you'd have to cut back on the coffee before you played. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me, my right. shaky hands. So, okay. And the last question, kind of similar to the one we just asked, is what video game would you want to see made into a board game? Yeah, I went with uh, I went with Skyrim. Which yeah. is probably what you predict. I guess that. Yeah, it's probably the best video game that exists. You know, as far as uh, like a claim and fan base and everything. The problem, though, is I don't know what the strategy of the game would be. I just like the theming, the names, the the realm, the world, just the artistry. That Im- being immersed in a game that encompassed that would be would be really cool. I remember in Warlight, there were people making maps about it. The maps themselves weren't fun to play. Like, they weren't well-constructed logically. But just the theme is was fun. It's, a, it's such a great game that I think the theme would lend itself. 
uh, to a board game. So I have an idea of how that this could work. There's a game that I have that we've not played. It's called Tales of the Arabian Nights. I don't know if either of you heard this, but it's this game. It's not even really a game. It's more of like a choose your own adventure game. Mm-hmm. So they do have like a point system. There's a way to win, but it comes with this gigantic book that has all this stuff. Like someone wrote this, this like whole book, and then you'll be you'll come to like a point where you have to make a decision. And then I don't remember exactly how it works because I've never played it. This is one of the magic number games, but. The thing that I do know is that you get to these decision points, and then you have to like look at like certain factors, and then you you flip through this book and find like a paragraph, and you read it, and then you'll have like nine choices of what to do, and then based on what you choose, you like flip somewhere else, and it tells you what happens. It's, it's something like that. So because I know Skyrim is like a, a sandbox game, right? Yeah. For the most part, so you're kind of like just choosing what you do, and based on what you do, like different funny things will happen to you. Right. That's why it doesn't lend itself to, to a board game for that reason. Right. So you would need uh, who's the guy who designed Cyclades? Who's that guy? Uh, Bruno Cathala. Yeah, we we need him to <laughs> like take the Skyrim theme and invent a game. He probably could. I would play that game. Yeah. I know that's a really good game. I've not played it, but yeah. it sounds like it would be fun. Tim, what do you think? Uh, I just went with the old Lara Croft Tomb Raider. I know they've got yeah. some Tomb Raider-like kind of games, but I never really cared for much of them, so I'd like to see someone come up with a Tomb Raider kind of competitive... That'd be cool. Like, What would you do? I've not seen the Tomb Raider movies, but what would you do? Like, What would the theme of the game be obviously you'd be going to get some kind of artifacts as the archaeologist and then everybody else is trying to go get artifacts and perhaps you've got some cross game stuff where okay people are stealing artifacts from you or throwing a trap in front of you so you get rolled over by a big stone ball or something and just sounds cool kind of you know a little competitive go get some treasury thing sounds like greater's the lost ark yeah it sounds like venture like indiana jones type thing yeah okay that would be fun they actually do have a game called um oh i can't remember the name of it but they actually have a rolling boulder in it that you have to move away from and there's like stones that fall and stuff so maybe they could retheme that as a tomb raider yeah add some more stuff to it I can't remember that game. If you're if you're listening, why don't you post on the forum and remind me what game I'm thinking of? So Ryan, what's your game? My game is I actually went with the dexterity theme again, and I, I chose the game Mario Kart. I, I want to know why you keep picking dexterity since you suck at it. I, I don't know either, but <laughs> but I thought I actually would like to create this. If I was handy at all, I would do it. So have you ever played Mario Kart? Oh yeah. Okay, Chris, you've ever played Mario Kart? No, Chris, it's, it's okay. No, that's <laughs> unacceptable. Anything else I will pass. I don't even know what it is. You, you're, you're like... You know, you know Mario, though, right? He's, he's that, that guy from Donkey Kong. <laughs> Did you have a Nintendo when you were younger? <laughs> I had an Atari when I was younger. <laughs> no, I mean, so you've got, oh you've got um, the Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. You got, yes. That's Mario. That's Mario. Right. He's that little Italian plumber guy. Yeah, Luigi. Right. <laughs> This is Mario, the guy from Donkey Kong. Oh man! <laughs> okay, so, so Mario Kart is that like one of like the third or fourth iteration of the? So Mario brand? Kart is it's a racing game where you you have all the characters from the Mario Brothers, like Mario and Luigi and Yoshi and Toad, and you race. Wait, Yoshi? Yeah, Yoshi. He doesn't sound Italian. He's like a. It's like, like a Japanese dragon. Actually, yeah. He's like, yeah. A, dragon he's like a dragon thing. He shoots well, eggs out of his he, nose. He was one of the monsters in Mario, I think. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, you race, though, but it's real fun because you can get like uh, shells, like turtle shells, and you shoot them at each other, and some of them are heat sinking, or heat seeking. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can shoot banana peels, and you can get a star and like run into people and make them crash. So how does this go to a board game? So and they also have an arena mode where you just fight, and everyone has three balloons, and you try to shoot each other and make everyone lose their balloons. So as a flicking game, you would have like discs that represented each of the characters, but then you know as you're flicking around the board, which would be like a 3D board and with some obstacles and terrain. And as you're flicking around the board, you can go over a space, and then you roll a die, and the die will tell you what kind of shell you get. And then you have a piece for, like, the red shell, and you can flick the shell at someone and try to knock one of their balloons off. I think it would be really fun. Flicking game. Another dexterity game. I think you just need to do, like, the, the Formula Day upgrade where you just got yeah, well, that's, crazy cars. Yeah. Like, you could take, um, what's that game called? There's a game where you're racing and flicking, but if you just took that and added, like, the ability to shoot each other and stuff... It's driving me crazy. I can't remember the names of things. I'm sure you can splice it in. Yeah, I'll splice it in. Future Ryan will help us with this. (laughs) Future Ryan here. The name of the game I'm trying to think of is obviously Pitch Car. Idiot! Moron! Segway time. I think it's time to tame tame the werewolf. Tame the werewolf. What I what we decided to talk about in this segment of Tame the Werewolf is the one night ultimate werewolf world tournament that we played in at Gen Con. It was so much fun. You know, it was the one tournament we signed up for. You know, for the most part, we did our own thing, bouncing around gaming and doing different stuff. But this was this tournament was kind of special because it was the one we signed up for, and we've never done a tournament in this game. In fact, I don't know if they've had one. No, I think this this is the first time. I thought it was a huge success. I had a lot of fun, and I think the people who organized the game were happy with how it turned out. Because not only did they have a good turnout there, but everybody seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. In fact, the the final round where the the winners were kind of at the, the, the victory table having their game, a lot of people stayed and watched. So let me just give a quick synopsis of how they did the tournament, because we weren't even sure how they were going to do it when we went in there. So everyone had like a, a sheet, and the sheets had the different characters you could be in the one-night game. And if you won as that character, you got a certain amount of points. And if you're like a, just a plain villager, you, only, you got like the lowest points. It'd be three. Yeah, so it was weighted. The amount of points you got was weighted based on your role right. that you were given. And... If you won. Right. And like, so the Tanner, which if you play the game, that's the hardest role to have to win. So they got the most points is like nine points. Yeah. And then on top of that, based on the number of wins you got, you had bonus points. So if you had three wins, I think you'd get five points. If you had four wins, you'd get 10. If you had, if you won all five games, there's only five rounds, you'd get 20 bonus points. How, first of all, how did you guys do in the tournament? We never really talked about I this. Did, I, I, I did really well. My, the problem I had was that I lost two games, and I barely lost them. because it, it, It's one of the beauties of this game. Even though I didn't win these games, I had so much fun because of the social aspect. That, for example, one of them, I, was the, I think it was the witch, where you take a card from the middle, look at it, and then give it to somebody. And it was a werewolf. Okay. And I gave it to someone. And then so when my role was done and we were awake... And we started doing the Q&A. I just said, I know who the werewolf is. When everybody's ready, I'll tell you who it is, and we'll just move from there. And so I, I, they, they didn't believe me. There was a lot of skepticism if I was lying. Maybe I'm the tanner and this and that. So I told them, I'm the witch. I saw this was the werewolf, and I gave it to this girl to my left. And then somebody else was the seer, and they said, I can verify what he's saying. That was a werewolf card. That moment, we, we were golden. 
But somebody else was casting doubt over the whole thing because he was the robber or he was the troublemaker. I don't know. I can't remember what he was doing. But he had a theory as to where the other werewolf was, and he said he was more sure of that than what I did. Mm. For whatever reason, people I – I had everybody ready to vote, and then this guy derailed me. And he wasn't the tanner, which was surprising. Everybody we, – we, we lost the majority vote, and then somebody else got – Was that the last game you it played? It was the very last do you, game. Do you realize that the person who hosed you was James? It, James wasn't the guy who was leading the charge. Okay. Though. But he, he did help people not agree with me. I don't okay. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it mattered because – I, I was verified by the seer, and so I thought that that would have been good enough, but it was it was a debacle that we, we lost that game. And, um, and then I had another game, the very first game, which was similar, where I was a werewolf, and we, I was so close to getting somebody else voted out. In fact, it was a tie between a villager and the tanner, and because it was the tanner, the werewolves lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were my two losses it was so much fun though I, I i would do that again in a second that tournament it was it was the point system was very fair i thought yeah the one thing that might have been unfair was you don't know what role you're getting so if you're getting a villager you're you're hamstrung with the chance to get as many points as if you're one of the other roles mm-hmm. so i thought that at first too until i realized they they fixed the that problem with the bonus yeah. points i think they set it up basically no matter what roles you had even if you got villager every time but you won every game you would have had 35 points which was i think enough to make it to the final table if i remember right it was pretty close to that number yeah yeah so tim how did you do in the uh, tournament same thing i won three of the five uh really close on the fourth one won my first three so i just thought i was sitting pretty and then uh the last two just kind of fell apart with the group I had. I was I have a little problem with the points. Okay. Because it actually worked in my favor. Game one is I was a dumb villager, and then the robber robbed me. So I got upgraded from three points to seven points. Nice. Because the guy robbed me. So I'm thinking, if I'm the robber, why rob? I got seven points if I win. If I rob someone, I could either become a werewolf and maybe get killed. That's a good this point. is Tim or, seeing the Matrix again. Yes, yes. I never would have thought this, of that. This is why Tim wins every game. <laughs> So like, to me, that was like all the, all the villagers, in my opinion, should be equally weighted because it's not the fact that the guy's a villager doesn't really right because he doesn't have any information. He gets less points. That just seems kind of outrageous. It, does, it makes actually less sense. Yeah, I agree that the tanner, <laughs> if the tanner gets killed, he deserves good points, and the werewolves, if they survive, deserve points. Other than that, everybody else should be the same across the board. I completely agree. I agree. You sold me on that. Yeah. 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 Like if anything, if you're the seer, you should get less because you know more. So you should win because you know more. I was actually talking to this lady at my table, and I, my experience was I actually won the first four games. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. And, but I had Villager, Villager, Prince, or something. So I only had uh, I had like two, three three-point rolls and a five-point roll. And I was kind of complaining to this lady next to me. Like, I keep getting like three-pointers, so I don't think I'm going to do well, even though I'm winning. And I'm like, why does the Seer get more points than the Villager? That doesn't make sense. And she, and she looked at me and she said, well, because the Seer does, did more work than you in the game to win. I'm like, well, I'm helping with the discussion just as much as right. the seer is. Like, why is how is how are they doing more work than me? They actually deserve less points because they have more, they have information. more information. So they can make a wiser decision than just a villager. A right. villager has to trust everybody in order to make a decision. Right. It's like in a normal game of werewolf, the seer has way more information. The villagers are the ones that are clueless. Well, you, know, you know the way to fix that is to have the seer get negative points if they lose then. Okay. Because They've had great responsibility in the game with this information, and for them to let down yeah. their side 
That's a that's that's a problem. So maybe that would be the way to fix. But that. then the robber, like if you get robbed and become the seer and you didn't actually do anything, and then you oh, get negative true. points, that yeah, would stink too. Yeah, yeah. Something I thought of afterwards. I'm so annoyed I didn't do this. I think I could have made it to the final table. So th- this is what happened. I was the tanner in the last game. So I had won the first four games, and then I drew the tanner, which is nine points if I win. But it's like really hard. But the guy next to me was the seer, and he checked me. He checked me oh, in the night. Wow. So he immediately woke up and said, all right. Uh, he just he was like running the table. Was like, I was a seer, and I checked him, and he's a tanner. And I just had nothing to say. Now, here's my regret. If I had, if I had realized, like, if I win this game, I'm going to the final table, I should have just stopped the whole game and convinced everyone to kill me. She said, listen, because I, I checked everyone else at my table. No one had any chance of making it to the end. I think I could have made a oh, compelling mean- argument hey, if you guys kill me, I'm the Tanner, I'll probably make it to the finals and convince them to, to, to yeah. let me win. Yeah, that might have worked. And because, that would be a great what, story. What other play did you have? You nothing. Had no, no I had nothing. Play. And you know, ironically, your story reminded me of something. I was seared in the first game. I was the mystic wolf and I was seared. And I, so I know the reason I'm saying this because I know exactly how you, how you feel. They come out very quickly. Uh, yeah. He's the Tanner, he's the wolf, whatever. What can you do? No. There's really not much. You have, the only thing you can do is like name a role that you were, that you like another role, and then hope that it was one of the ones in the middle. Yeah. Like you have no chance to figure anything out because he right. came out immediately. Said it. So I have some regret because I'm I, the silver tongue ability. I think I could have convinced them to. You probably could have. To make it to the finals. But oddly, oh, we had our friend Trevor there and his wife, Steph, what, did the best out of everyone in our group, and she had never played the game. She had the most points of anyone That's in our group. <laughs> See, doesn't that kind of tell you something about their point system? <laughs> <laughs> well, or she's just good at the game. Could be. Yeah. Um, but it was it was pretty fun. I, I had a good time, and I'd probably do it again, I think. Yeah, I would definitely do it again. And I had one of the people at my table that was in those videos. I had him at my table like three of the five games. Oh, wow. And he was pretty good. He, he, almost, he was in the last game. Yeah. That I, was I warned you about him. Yeah. Did, I didn't know if you heard my warning. Yeah, in fact, I, because they just showed that video. It's like having a celebrity at the table. And he was the one that the other guys were trying to get voted as the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, he was a really good tanner in the first game. He came out and just he just said something that at first didn't seem like it was a lie. And then as the game progressed, it started to seem like a lie. So it made him look like a werewolf. It was great. It was like this perfectly orchestrated tanner. But then I actually figured it out at the very end. Like, I think he's the Tanner, that he's just playing us, and no one, no one voted for him, and he was the Tanner. Nice. Wow. So he was pretty good, and, I had, and he kept moving. Every time they called the, the names, I would look at his sheet, because they would, they would shuffle us around, and I kept moving with him to, like, every table. So yeah. anyways. Well, the other thing I thought I'd say for props for them, too, is they actually split anybody who knew anybody apart. Yeah. So you were not at a table, at least to start with, you were not sitting with any of your friends to start with. So you actually had strangers to work with. So there was no right. bonds or cahoots starting with. After, later, after table switching, you could end up with people. And, and I loved how they did that, too. They made it so easy. They did. They didn't like overcomplicate it and like, give us random numbers or anything stupid like that. That everyone sit down. And then what did they do? They just they, said, used, they used it. They plugged their new game coming out, yeah. One Night Ultimate Vampire, and put vampire roles on each person's card. And if you fell into one of those roles that they called, then you moved. Yeah, and then and then at the end, if you're at the table at a table with someone that 
you knew you had to get up. You had to split up. They just made you split up. Well, not in the no, future. Not in the future. No, 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 no. At the, the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. I thought it was a good event. It was only two dollars. Yeah, that was well worth way it. worth it. Yeah. So one night ultimate werewolf tournament. If they do it next year, I'm probably going to do it again. I'd do it. All right. I think it's time to move into table talk. So table talk. This time we're going to be discussing our bottom three and top three things about Gen Con 2015. And I thought we'd kick it off with being a downer a bit. Go with the bottom three. And I have mine in order of least bad to worse. Most bad, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to properly say that. So, Chris, why don't you start us off? What was your number three bottom thing yeah, about Gen Con? so the Gen Con experience was good overall. We had a great time and stuff. But there were a couple of hiccups we had there. There were so many things that i had on here that i had to trim it down to three for the bottom yeah wow i know that's because i'm just very critical i think but i think you'll agree with my number three tim could be number three they jacked our free breakfast (laughs) (laughs) so so there is there is a loophole that we we've been exploiting and i won't get into details but we were able to get a, a breakfast buffet at one of the local hotels that we used to stay at just because we knew their system and you know they're very friendly place, you know, they make lots of money, they have people coming in and out. And um, long story short, we couldn't get our free breakfast there. In fact, I have a theory that Ryan may have something to do with that. <laughs> sold you out. He sold us out. So that, that would be my number three. Because we, we, we had to walk down, you know, a few blocks to, to a place. And it was a nice place, but it slowed it us down. Bucks. It was exp- more expensive, and then it took a lot of time. It took a too. lot of time. The best thing about this other place, it was fast. It was like yeah. you're in and out, boom. Yeah. So that was my number three. Tim. Actually, uh, my number three is on a typical theme with the werewolf. I, we did not play enough werewolf slash wish hunt this season. We we were busy doing other things, and I think we played one witch hunt and one ultimate werewolf, and I believe that's all we did. Wow. We, is that I true? We did more than one witch hunt. Two, maybe. Maybe two in that one that first evening. Uh, is, that, is that really it? I think it was three. I think we did three total. Yeah, because the there whole... was the one where Dave and I were arguing when he when he blew up the priest. Yeah. That was the game where you got upset. <laughs> right. Which was most entertaining. That was great. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, there. I think there was a few. But you're right. You know, We didn't play any regular werewolf. Which like I was actually, werewolf. honestly, I was okay with. I, I definitely the witch hunt guy. I, I know it's probably not everybody's favorites or whatever, but that's kind of drawn my attention because yeah. I hate getting killed in werewolf. And then basically I don't see you guys for the rest of the night. Yeah, because you, you have no role once you're killed. I just figured out something about Tim. So, you know, Tim, you know, every superhero has like a, a weakness. Yeah. So Tim's weakness, because his superhero ability is the ability to figure out games, right? Yeah. Your weakness is that everyone always thinks you're the werewolf. This is true. It, it's like you're there's something about you that Maybe makes you right. appear guilty. It, it could be that That's I'm true. the werewolf eighty percent of the time when we play one night. <laughs> <werewolf. laughs> there is that too. You either they either think you are or you are the werewolf. You, you do get it a lot. There is that. That's, that carries over in other games. Too. Yes, it does. Like the, the Cylon, the spy. Yeah. Yeah. So my number three is I realized that this Gen Con that I'm turning into a grumpy old man. That that's awesome. what that's what occurred to me. So wow. usually we can be fine with like three hours of sleep a night at Gen Con, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason this year we were getting more sleep than usual. Yeah. yeah. But at, when I hit like ten o'clock at night, I just turned into a jerk. <laughs> like everything would annoy me. So like so we were playing uh we were playing uh that one night werewolf and like Sarah was there. It was like the only time I got to hang out with Sarah. And I was in such a bad mood, I kept complaining about the Aura Seer and like 
Can we just take out the Aura Seer from the game? And I was so annoyed about it. And thinking back on it, I have no idea why I was annoyed about the Aura Seer. interesting. You're crabby. I was just grumpy. I was in a bad mood because I was tired. Lack of Starbucks? It, it could have been, yeah, because we did do less coffee this year. And, and, I, and I, like, I remember like, Steph was playing, and she, I, I was the... Um, I think I was the Aura Seer, and she forgot to put her thumb up, even though she did in action. And I wasn't actually trying to ream her, but I was in such a foul mood that she got real def- like like worried that I was upset with her that she didn't put her thumb up yeah. when she was supposed to. And I was just like, I just feel like I was being a jerk. And then we went to witch hunt that same night, yeah. and I was going crazy about the grave digger and like <laughs> you're slamming, <laughs> I was slamming cards around, and there are like people in the circle, like these ladies in the circle, like I could tell like they couldn't stand me. And they're like making comments about how I needed to calm down and stuff. Really? Yeah, I, I was just like out of control. You were like the old man and up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I turned into a grumpy old man. That, that was one thing. I, number three that I didn't like about Gen Con wow. this year is I realized I'm turning into like a grumpy old man. Is that fixable? I don't think so. Oh, man, <laughs> it's coffee. Kind of a, it's a problem. Candy. Candy. It's gotta be something. Uh, maybe maybe more caffeine. But that was my uh, my number three mm. grumpy old man. Good. Effect. All right, number two. Chris, so my number two is I. I have this problem every Gen Con, and for whatever reason, it was worse this year than ever. And that is just the overwhelming suffocation in the vendor hall, hmm. walking around, getting from place to place. And we did a lot of vendor hall time split up this year, which I think was good because you can move around easier. It's so crowded in there, but for whatever reason, the people, the the stench. <laughs> And just the the, the the crowd levels were just to such a horrific level that it, it there were there were a couple times I just wished I were anywhere else yeah. than in that vendor hall. And you know the funny thing is you reach pockets in there that there, there's like a lot of open space, like especially around the edges, you know. But if you're trying to get to somewhere interesting, it's it's nearly impossible to do. I I really struggle with that, and I'm not claustrophobic, but I do have this. This strange phobia. I don't know what this is called, but it's it's the fear that all the oxygen is being taken away from where I am, and I can't <laughs> breathe. And like on an elevator, if I'm in an elevator with a lot of people, I, I start thinking. I, Isn't you know, that claustrophobia? Like, no, because I, I think it's just it's crazy. Not like, crazy. It's just, yeah. like in a cave that would bother people, that doesn't bother me, or even just being in a small space that doesn't bother me. Uh, so that's why I don't think it's claustrophobia, but it's. I just feel like all the oxygen is is leaving. Like I don't have clean air to like breathe. Like the CO2 scrubbers aren't working. <laughs> the scrubbers. If there's a ventilated, you know, if there's like moving air, like a fan, I'm fine. But anyway, vendor hall, way too crowded for me. Number two. Okay. Number two for me. We we actually went out there with a fairly sizable group. We had about 10, 12 people that were meeting out there. Yeah. And one of mine is just the uh, the unavailability of some events. So like. Sarah at one time said, hey, you know, let's go do True Dungeon. Yeah. And that's one of those, if you don't book that the day that right. tickets the are available, hour. you cannot do it. Yeah. So it would be really nice if there were some spots go, hey, you know, we walk up, we've got we've got eight people or whatever it takes to go through there and just be able to go do it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that lack of flexibility is kind of annoying if you're not planning for it and you got a big group that you can't pre-plan for. All right. Yeah, in general, I agree. Spontaneity is hurt there like you yeah. can't spontaneously do a tournament or a game or something it's very difficult to do like ad hoc fun like that you have to pre-plan yeah. it and that that's hard to do yeah no i'm with you there and i have been the person that has to get on and book true dungeon right and it was so such a bad experience 
last year that I just didn't even bother with it this year. Yeah. And I knew that we were going to want to do it, but I was just like, I do not. Like, when I did it last time, I just I was at church, and this thing starts at like 11 on Sunday. Yeah. I had to go out in my car in the hot sun and wait to book True Dungeon last year. Do you have air wow. in your car? Well, yeah, but... <laughs> Is this because you said it was hot like that? Well, it was hot. I, I was sitting like in the back of the car, like so I could stretch out. I like my hatch. Wait, don't down. they let you smartphones in your church? Didn't you say something like that? Uh, yeah, people use them like for. But I'm not gonna like sit in church and book Gen Con True Dungeon. Why not? I thought, I thought that was allowable there. <laughs> do you have like coffee vendors too? Uh, no, no vendors. They do have coffee. Okay. <laughs> Like at the baseball game with the, you know. There's not like a guy walking around selling coffee at church, no, (laughs) or hot dogs. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned Standard Werewolf, and my number two was actually the fact that we didn't play Standard Werewolf. I actually am starting to turn the corner and and think that I like regular Werewolf better than like Ultimate or Witch Hunt. And, and here's why. Regu- I know the reason why you don't like it, but go ahead. Let's see. Let's Regular Werewolf, you could get anybody playing in those games at Gen Con. It could be complete non-gamers. It, it's such a, it's a more of a variety of people, different types of personalities. You can have kids, which is kind of annoying sometimes, but sometimes like the older kids could be interesting. There's just a, a greater variety of personalities when you play Standard Werewolf. When you play something like Witch Hunt or Ultimate, it's more of like gamer, the gamer version. Rather than the the non gamer version, that's not the real reason. Okay, so, so that that's a very valid point, though I agree, and I, I kind of wish we played more too. Although to Tim's point, it, it's you know it's, it stinks when you're eliminated early, yeah. but but I did miss it. But I think the real reason you, you didn't like it, it it's because of the the ways you were flipping out, how you, you were describing how you were grumpy in your number three. <laughs> yeah, you don't like when there's any sort of co-op going on in a game and you are coerced to do something you don't want to do. That's true. In regular werewolf, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. The well, only co-op for the most part. Yeah. So everybody well, has the one exception would be if he was if like you guys were werewolves right. you'd have to co-op right. choice, but that's, that's not easy, that, yeah. right. That frees you up to be your own dude as in as you're gaming. In Witch Hunt, you were slamming the cards down because you you were kind of coerced to do something you didn't want to do. Yeah. And I think that was your main problem. And one night, there's a similar interaction. It's a similar energy there where you've got to, you know, if you're the seer, why aren't you speaking up? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And plus, you have the, the way you have to lie and everything else. So I, I, I could kind of see that. You might be right, because the regular werewolf is more free-flowing. And what I enjoy about that game is maybe the thing that some people don't like is I love the discussion. I don't care if it takes us. I honestly don't care if it takes us a half hour to discuss and kill someone in that game. I enjoy that, that half hour of discussion. That's what makes the game fun: is having the discussion, getting everyone involved, and trying to figure out who's lying. That's what makes the game fun. And you don't have any of these roles like muddying the waters. It's just very pure. Standard Werewolf is very pure. It's got a place. It it's got a place. Yeah. And I missed it too. So I think the fact that you never get lynched has some help for you too. Is yeah, Chris and I are typically the ones that get nailed rounds one through three and spend the rest of the night wandering the halls aimlessly. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they there should be a solution for that. Somehow. I, I think the biggest solution is the shot clock. I do I do like the discussions, but it's those forty five minute round one discussions that I just want to put a nail on a board and it's, bash my head in. It's tough when you're dead. <laughs> when you're dead yes. and watching. And you're like you're waiting for your buddies to finish up, and there's no yeah, there's you know, no definitive end because yeah. it could be three hours, right? Yeah, I guess I would maybe qualify this at, as at a convention because 
there's so many games of it going on. Yeah. As long as you're okay with splitting up with your friends, then you can get in game after game after game. Yeah. Yeah, because they probably had a good eight werewolf yeah. things going. I mean, it's nonstop. One ultimate, maybe two ultimate, and then maybe two witch hunts. So the, the primary was straight up werewolf. Yeah. So that's my number two. Not playing standard werewolf. All right, number one. The number one worst thing that happened at Gen Con was I burned my hand. <laughs> I had a first-degree burn from um, spilling coffee on my hand because in these hotels, if anybody's ever stayed at a hotel, you know where the coffee stand is. They give you no room to move around. Everything is cramped, and you you barely have enough room to put your cup down. So you're doing your creamer and your sugar and and all that, and you you go to grab the coffee, and (laughs) your hand slips. And wow, was that hot. So I scalded my hand pretty bad. I literally texted my psychiatrist and asked her what, what I should be doing. And at that moment, one of you guys was in the bathroom. And so I could Dave, go of in course. There. Yeah, Dave. Yes. <laughs> and then somebody pointed out that there was a cooler. One, one of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Because there was the half and half that I, by the way, I didn't even use in my coffee because I didn't know it was there. None of us used it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there was melted ice and ice in there. So for a split second, I remember thinking, are you supposed to immerse your hand in ice after it's been burned? Or wasn't there something about using like, room temperature but i didn't care i I jammed my hand in there and later my doctor said that i would have blistered if i didn't do that so that ended up being like a huge thing that i yeah put my hand in there but anyway that was a few weeks ago and my hand uh it peeled it peeled off and i have um like brown skin where it was toasted still coming off of me a little bit yeah but yeah that was bad what what i i could not think of the name of this guy maybe you can help me in seinfeld remember when kramer burned himself on coffee yes. who was who the lawyer in seinfeld oh because okay. I, I kept wanting to tell you you need to call that it's guy like up something childs i want to say childs <laughs> i don't remember yeah. you should call that guy maybe. either that or just get the mcdonald's lawyers that you know handled that case oh yeah yeah, that's true. Yeah. What? what? St- yeah, the, the when the lady burned herself at McDonald's, she what? sued, and the lawyers got her a nice payout. Yeah, you get, really? Yeah, it was, and that was why they made that episode. Yeah, that's exactly oh, really? why the Seinfeld episode <laughs> was made. Yeah, nice. That's pretty good. I think his name is Jackie something. J- Jackie Childs. Yeah, Jackie wow. Childs. Nice. Call Jackie Childs up. Yeah. All right, Tim, what's your number one? All right, we got some overlap here too, because my number one was the vendor hall. Oh yeah, <laughs> just. Oh my God! There's there's a there's a few booths that I visit every year to kind of see what they're doing new. I like going by Dwarven Forge. I like going by Hearst Arts. And honestly, to just trek to those booths, usually I just kind of like wandering around and finding the booths as I find them, and you know, seeing other things too. But this year, oh my God, I wanted to shoot myself. I I, I literally got out a map. And found out where their booth was so I could go directly to the booth and get the heck out of there. Yeah. Because I just could not take the throng of people and, you know, 20 minutes to walk 10 feet because everyone's stopping in the middle and talking and it uh, drove me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the vendor hall was pretty bad. I didn't. I almost didn't even go in there. I went in on Thursday morning, right when it opened, I went and got one game. And I think I was only in there for 20 minutes. And then when you guys showed up on Friday, we went in there for a little bit. And then on Sunday after you guys left, I went back and bought some gifts for like Esther and the kids. That was the only time I spent in there. I think I was in there for an hour or less total, the whole convention. 
It was a bummer. Yeah. What about an hour? You could probably get about 15 feet. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- what they need to do is just reduce the size. You know, have like get rid of some of the booths and let there be more walking space. I had someone had a great idea. I heard on another podcast, which is as people are waiting outside to get into the vendor hall, find out what booth they want to go to and just give them tickets. Because there's a problem. One of the reasons it's so crowded, especially early in the morning, is because people are rushing to get the gains before they sell out. Yeah. And so someone had this idea that you give people tickets and just have them wait in line, give them a ticket, and so they're guaranteed to get the game they want. And then they can just go whenever they want and cash their ticket is in. Is that really the majority of the problem, though? I think it is in the in the mornings. Yeah, because I don't think we went... Well, maybe we did go late morning once, but I don't know. Well, another thing I've heard is that they may expand the convention to the Coliseum. Really? And so... It, that's not going to fix the hotel problem, but it might fix the dealer hall problem. Yeah. Like if they put the dealer hall in that huge stadium. Yeah, that would be nice. That I would mean, free up all that space, too, to use for something else. Yeah, as long as there's not a Colts game going on. Yeah. Which yeah. there seems to be almost every year. Right. Did you know there was like a One Direction concert in Indianapolis when we were there? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know no, that. I heard that later, yeah. Would you have gone, Chris? No, I would not I thought not you liked gone. them. No, I'm not a big fan. Chris likes One Direction. Well, maybe I do like them a little bit. <laughs> Uh, all right. My number one, this is like a, the first world problem of podcasting, was the way that they handled the press. I was, <laughs> I was really annoyed with the press treatment this year. So th- here's the problem. This is really my only problem with the whole thing, because if you're in the press, you get like a free badge and whatever. But you're supposed to be able to get in early to the dealer hall on Thursday. But to, in order to do that, you have to show up and be one of the first 100 people in line for the dealer hall. To get in early, you would get in at 9 so to be like the first 100 people in line, you'd pretty much have to show up at like 6 in the morning. So you bring in a tent next year? <laughs> I might. But this is what annoys me about it, is they don't let you do this until Thursday morning. Why don't they do it on Wednesday night? Everything else is open on Wednesday night. And I actually heard rumors that somehow press people were getting those tickets like on the sly on Wednesday night. Mm. So even if you were like in the first 100, you might still not have gotten in early. The thing I really don't understand though is why they wouldn't open it up on Wednesday night when everything else is well, open. Well, why only 100? I don't know. It's it's huge. They could let more than 100. Well, the, the, because the VIGs are getting in early too. How many VIGs are there? I heard there's like a thousand. Okay. So yeah, the press thing. You know, it's great to get a free badge. I mean, I can't complain about that, obviously, but... It'd be really nice to get in early at the dealer hall and actually do something for the podcast, but they make it almost impossible unless you unless you want to get up at 6 in the morning on Thursday, which I didn't want to do. So anyway. All right. That's a good list. Top three. Top three. These these are the, the favorite moments of Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. So quickly, we've talked a lot about this already, so I won't rehash it. My number three most favorite moment of Gen Con was the One Night Ultimate Werewolf Tournament. Okay. I had a great time there. I didn't win. I remember they were, they were calling down, you know, uh, stand up if you have this many points, and then they were trying to get that last table. And I just felt like I was so close. It was such a fun time, though. I would love to do that again. One Night Ultimate Werewolf Tournament, number three. Cool. Nice. Uh, number three for me would have been uh, Witch Hunt. Okay. Um, had that session. Actually, it was, I think, one of those. Uh, there was that bad moment for you. Um, and uh, <laughs> My misery is yes, your joy. Yes, your misery. And uh, I believe James was the other witch with me. Yeah. And uh, we kind of played it off really good. They actually identified me as a witch, and I somehow dodged the bullet multiple times. And uh, we came up with the big win. So, uh, very fun moment. That was well done, too. That was a good game by you guys. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, Dave and I fight. That was so frustrating. Angry. I was yelling and throwing cards around. 
I actually apologized to the, <laughs> the guy that was running the game for messing all those cards up because I was just like I was so rough with everything. It was I'm only like, the game creator, so no big deal. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to take this time to mention that Witch Hunt is on Kickstarter right now. So we we talked about this over a year ago, last Gen Con, and it's it's on right now. So. I still highly recommend you go out and back the game. It is a really fun game. Witch Hunt is a great game. Yeah. So Witch Hunt's on Kickstarter, and it's, it's, I agree with your number three, although it's not on my list. I, I didn't figure. My list is a little weird this, this year. Uh-oh. I actually, all of my top three things actually have nothing to do with Gen Con itself. Is it all food-based? <laughs> Two of them are. <laughs> so number three is, Chris actually kind of mentioned this as a negative thing. I actually liked going to that cafe in the mornings. And I... So we went to this cafe. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm just going to call it Cafe Pistachio. <laughs> so it's close. <laughs> we went to Cafe Pistachio, and you know it took a while to like, have breakfast and stuff. And the only reason we were doing it is because th- these guys, not me included, because I never did the free breakfast thing, but they couldn't get their free breakfast. So we went to this cafe, and they had decent food. But I just liked going there, and they had good coffee. I think that's the main thing they I like. They had good coffee. And they. They have the quickest coffee line in all of Indianapolis, too, which is... I'm glad that we don't have a ton of listeners, because I, I, I want it to be a, a secret. Because we could just go there and get coffee, like, so fast if we wanted to. And it was cheap. So, Cafe Pistachio. I, I really liked going to that place every morning. That's my number three. Yeah, even though I said I didn't like that, because it was it took more time from the, the way we used to do it, I, I get that. It was kind of a nice, relaxing time in the morning. The problem was, it was like, it was pretty late by the time we were done eating. Yeah. I mean, we were pushing, like, 11 o'clock. It, it, it was nice. It's one of those things, is it... Is it okay if it's nice, mm-hmm. if it's taking too much time? I guess it was fine. I mean, I did like their coffee, too. Yeah. Although I wasn't moving very fast, I was very careful to pour it. <laughs> I took my time. Well, and when they make an omelet, too, shouldn't the stuff be mixed in with the eggs rather than just on top of it? Yeah, that was weird. That's not an omelet. They made, like, an egg taco. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where the egg was the shell. All right, number two. So we're going to my number two. It's also food-related. Oh, interesting. Oh so one of the nights there... Oh, I know. We had we had uh, dinner out, and it, we had the whole group together. In fact, we had so many of our group that we had to split into two different tables. There wasn't a table big enough for our group, so we split up. We just had a great time. Just the conversation was great. You know, seeing everybody. We had the table was round. Some of you guys were at the other table though. But uh, then we even played. Do you remember the name of the game? The Grizzled. The Grizzled. So a couple of the guys that were in our group were they're big co-op fans, and they were talking about this game, The Grizzled. It's a co-op game. Don't buy it. <laughs> I, I'm not a, a huge fan of co-op games myself, but the way these guys were talking about it, it just was very infectious. They loved it and were so passionate about it. And we decided to play the game at the table while we were waiting for our food. Nah. So what ended up happening was the food was very late getting to our table, like ridiculously late. But I, I was glad about that because we were able to get in the whole game. And um, what ended up happening was they comped our meal. So we had, how many people at our table? Like 10 or eight, so? I think. Eight, eight, eight people at our table. And, you know, it was expensive. It was probably yeah. $20, drinks. Some of them were eating drinks. Those drinks. drinks weren't cheap. Yeah. It was, it was a, quite a bill, and they, they said we're eating for free that night. The name of the place is Yard House Restaurant. I wrote it down because I wanted to give them a, a plug. The place was, they couldn't have been nicer about it. And they weren't, like, ridiculously late to the point that I would have been upset. But I know, I think Steph was upset. And, you know, the, the people who weren't playing games, obviously, at our table were hungry. And they wanted to eat. Yeah. So I, I get that. But 
they were gracious. They 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 come to our meal. That was my number two moment. Great, Great. time. Actually, my uh, my number two was uh, actually going out there on Thursday night. Nice. It was uh, you know it's the first time we've done it. We've always been the come in Friday, um, and with the drive and the loss of time, you know we didn't get there till after lunch. Usually like one one thirty, so we're not getting started till. 2.30 sometimes after checking into the hotel. So being there Thursday night, getting all that stuff out of the way, and then basically waking up Friday morning free to start the day was actually great. I actually was confused the whole weekend. I kept thinking <laughs> that Friday was Saturday, Saturday was Sunday, and when Sunday came around, I was like, why are we still here? <laughs> yeah, we got in a lot of good games, too, that we wouldn't have been able to, to play yeah. because of that. The ironic thing about this is there's two ironic things about it. The first is you guys don't listen to me. Because I've been telling you every year at the end of Gen Con, why don't you guys come on Thursday next year? And it took Gen Con screwing us with the hotel room to make it happen, which you're, is kind of funny because it right. ended you're up right. being a blessing in disguise. Yeah, you, yeah you're, you're right. You have been saying that, so we'll give you credit for that. So Gen Con, just to remind everyone, they wouldn't allow you to book through the weekend unless you booked three nights. So it forced us to pay for Thursday night at the hotel, which basically made these guys feel like, well, we better go. Otherwise, it's just a waste of our money. So they came on Thursday. It was great. Maybe I made that whole thing up about Gen Con. <laughs> Wrote the it whole worked. press release myself. It worked. It worked. Yeah. Actually, having you guys come on Thursday was awesome. I was really glad you guys came because it always felt like our, our time was cut short before and i felt like we just we just had more chance to just sit down and game together which was cool uh, my number two as with chris's was the dinner at the yard house so i wasn't at the comp table which by the way i think we should have included you guys in that and split your dinners uh, yeah thanks tim. Ways. thanks tim because you know we actually didn't get to order our food until about 45 minutes after sitting down so the reason that chris's table got time let me just got con- let me explain this was because they took they ordered before us and they got their food after us. Well, ordering before us, pretty much everyone in the restaurant ordered before us because we didn't <laughs> order for forty five minutes. We didn't have menus for like a half hour. It's true. Tim came over and sat with us and was talking with us, so he wow. can vouch for this. So yeah, we you ordered before us, but it was really because we ordered so late that they tried to bring our food out quicker. So I didn't, and, and they knew that we were included in your table, but they didn't comp our table. And we even asked the waiter, and he still wouldn't do it. He's like, I'm going to go get those bills now. And he just walked away. So, but it, that wasn't a huge deal. It, it, dinner at the art house was great. And it was because I had a really good conversation with, well, Tim was there for a while, yeah. and then with Dave and James. So we keep mentioning James. James was the guy who invented Sauce Boss, the, the system. We've talked about him before. So we've referred to him as Seed because that was his name in this game Warlight we used to play. So he was a friend of mine from a different circle of friends that came out to Gen Con this year and got to meet all, you know, Chris and yeah, It was Tim nice meeting him. Nice yeah. guy. Yeah, so he was at my table, and then Dave. I actually had a deep conversation with Dave, which I've never, I've never had a deep conversation <laughs> with Dave. We're usually just like ripping on each other. So you know, it was a really good conversation. The food was pretty good. I liked the environment there, uh, even though the food did take a long time. It's like I didn't care. I had such a good time at that yeah. dinner. So dinner at the art house was also my number two. So we're on number one. So this is like my oh, favorite boy. moment of all Gen Con. Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy for me. So Tim and I got in line. To see Summer Glau, fan of Firefly, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, yada, 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 list goes on. We got in line. The line was not moving because she was late getting there, and we bailed from line. And, oh, they, they also said, oh, uh, if you have tickets, then we were getting bumped line because jokes. tickets was a new thing. You know, you mentioned tickets 
uh, yeah. in the vendor hall, they were experimenting with tickets for seeing the celebrities. So what they would do is if you were just a standby person that just came by, you'd have to go to the back of the line in favor of a ticketed person getting in front of you, which was painful when she's not even there yet yeah. <laughs> because you don't know how long you're going to wait. So we bailed and decided, you know, hey, let's let's just buy tickets. So we went to, to the uh, place that we thought we were going to sell tickets by our hotel, but right. they, they only sold generics, I guess, or I don't, I don't know what they yeah. – they, they didn't have tickets to see yeah. any celebrities. So we, we, bailed, we just bailed in general. We went back and played – I think we played Roll for the Galaxy. I went and got my ticket online. We all kind of split up. Went to Will Call, got my ticket, got back in the summer glow line. I had maybe, I don't know, four or five people in front of me with, with tickets. And there were the non-ticketed people behind me, which so I was feeling pretty good about that. Took her a while to show up. She was having problems with her, her flight earlier, and her whole schedule got backed up, and she was eating lunch at like 3 o'clock. So anyway, she shows up, and r- right before she shows up, 30 people show up and get in line in front of the ticketed people. What? What? They got in line ahead of the ticketed people. So even though we all bought tickets ahead of time, these people injected themselves in front of us. And so we asked the staff, you know, what what just happened? Yeah. (laughs) And they said, oh, these are the people that didn't get to see her before they were in line. And so we gave them each a number and told them they could come back and have, have, you know, like first dibs in line. So I kind of get, if they were in line that whole time and never even got... Yeah. The, the autograph or whatever. So we, we got pushed back, and the line was really long. I mean, it was it was way longer than any of the other celebrity lines. And they, they warned us. They specifically came by. One of the handlers came by. It wasn't a Gen Con staff. It was one of her people that said she's going to be fast in order to get through everybody. So make sure, you know, just, like, try not to hold the line up. And um, don't be offended if she goes quickly. She just wants to make sure to see everybody. And so they, they warned us, and I just asked the handler, just because I have a big mouth, like, so what happened earlier anyway? You know, what, what, what was, <laughs> she's like, what? And I said, you know, like, with the delay, I mean, is, is everything all right? And she's like, oh, well, like, she said her daughter was sick or something, and she was caring for her daughter. And I was like, oh, well, you know, if, if she has a sick child, you know, that's important. So we're starting, the line's starting to move, and the guy behind me, I had a copy of my book with me. The Angry Angel. I was thinking of talking about that. So I had my book with me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Summer Glau my book. I'm th- I have it out. I'm thinking about it. And the guy behind me says, dude, he's like, did you write that? That's so cool. And he, he convinced me that it was a good idea because we were kind of talking about it. So we're, we're moving in line. And the line is moving incredibly fast at this point. So I'm thinking I had a lot of time to figure out what to write. I scribbled something in there. And uh, we get to the point where you have to decide if you want to have either A, your picture taken with her, or B, an autographed photo. You can't have both. So um, everybody's kind of picking you know, what they want. And I'm just like, you know, I'll, I'll just, I want to send my picture with her. And I don't need to have an autograph. And so as, as we're getting close, you know, she's going really fast through everybody. And I overheard as I was next in line to her conversation with the person in front of me. And she said, you know, something about apologizing for being late without saying why. And her handler is almost physically moving the person away to keep the line going. <laughs> because, you know, people were wanting to talk to her. And I just kind of honed into the conversation. Oh, I, I, is your daughter okay? I just kind of said that. She was like, she's like, yeah, how did you know about that? Like nobody knew. And I said, yeah, they said that she, was, she wasn't feeling well on the plane. You know, it's more important than anything. You know, making sure your kid is okay. She's like, yeah, yeah, you know that. So we were talking about that for maybe 30 seconds or so. And there's like, oh, do you want to have the, the picture? And I said, yeah. So it was like, you, what you do is you give your phone to this to one of the handlers and they, you're supposed to have it ready and then they take the picture. And so just as we were doing that, she asked, do you want your, a picture or the autograph? I said, no, I'm going I'm to give you my autograph and, <laughs> in kind of a smart aleck way. 
and got a laugh out of that. And she was like, oh, did you write this? And it was very gracious and really super nice. And so we were talking about the book for probably like two and a half minutes. This guy behind me, it was his idea. <laughs> he got so upset. He, his body language, he was like shifting around. He drops his backpack and made this loud noise. And he's kind of not making a scene, but borderline making a scene because we're having this conversation and it's his fault that we were doing it. So this is you know, his bottom three. <laughs> yeah. And his podcast, he's listening. This is his worst moment. So, you know, we're talking about my book and I'm telling her, you know, yeah, you could like be in the movie when it comes out. And she's, we're, we're like, it's probably gone on five minutes. We're having this conversation. No, no exaggeration. We're talking about what the storyline is in the book and everything else. So finally, we take the picture. She's like kicks it into high gear now because she knows she's lingered too long. So we take the picture, you know, she's holding the book, thanking me and everything. And I'm, I'm like trying to get out of the way because at this point I think I'm going to be mopped. <laughs> I get to a, a free area where there's no people, and I texted one of you guys, you know, where are we going to meet up? You know, we're, we're, all, we're all done here. And the, her handler, the guy, the main guy who was, like, ushering people on, comes running at me with an autographed picture uh, from her with, like, a really really nice thing uh, there. So you got the picture the picture with her and the yeah, autograph. I got both. It was, it was awesome. That's it was a Ferris a effect moment. right it there. Effect, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was my number one moment. And I'm, I'm a huge fan. I mean, she's been in – she was even in The Cape – which not a lot of people have watched that show. I was going to mention that as one of the shows that got canceled. Yeah, really. oh. yeah I, I joked in line. We were talking about the cape with one of the girls who was like our friend that was handling like the pictures. And and I said, oh, yeah, I forgot she was in the cape. I didn't realize she, she was like, in that either. She was like, yeah, I was like, that wasn't that good, though. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, well, I have no comment. I was like, no, you can say, was that good? And she's like, no, I, I can't say. I was like, that show wasn't that good. It's like, let's be honest. I was rooting for it, though. <laughs> So, all right, hand it over. It's a good story. Yes, yes. Uh, so my number one is actually just uh, hanging out with the boys. Yeah. Just uh, it's the guy weekend. You know, some guys do week long fishing trips. Some guys do poker nights. This is like our our guy weekend thing. So it was great to meet a bunch of the people that we did Warlight with James and uh, you know seeing Chip again. It was uh, just a lot of fun catching up with people, talking with people, finding out what's going on with their lives. You know, meeting some people for the first time and kind of just getting that uh, that FaceTime that we don't get because life is just way too busy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I actually, I think that was my number one last year, if I remember right. 100% remember. Mine's close. So my number one was gaming in the Marriott Breezeway. That's what, I, that's what I'm calling it. My favorite gaming time that we had there was just when we played in the Breezeway together, which was... You know, like you said, just with the guys hanging out, and and this is why it's funny because all my things aren't even on <laughs> in, inside of Gen Con. Uh, yeah, I think on Saturday, I think it was Saturday. We didn't even use our badge yeah, that and, whole day, and that didn't occur to me yeah, until Chris right. mentioned it that night. Yeah. We never, never used our badge. The Marriott Breezeway is great. There's no better place to like sit down at Gen Con and play games, and it's still like you're you're in Gen Con because there's people walking around. You know, there's still you still see cosplayers. Uh, probably because it's one of the only hotels you can get during the hotel booking. And uh, I just had such a great time just hanging out with you guys and gaming just at the hotel, which it's kind of funny, you know. I, I personally, I'm almost at the point that I don't even need Gen Con anymore. Like, we've done Gen Con. I think the the one thing I like about Gen Con that you can't get if we just had, like, a gaming weekend somewhere is, like, the werewolf thing. Just the fact that we can go do werewolf. I don't really care about the dealer hall anymore. I find the crowds annoying. I mean, I like I love going to Gen Con, don't get me wrong, but I almost feel like I could have maybe 95% of the fun we have at Gen Con 
if we just booked a nice hotel or like went to like Tim has like that house up in Wisconsin, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, the be- the best moments were gaming in the breezeway. You're right. I mean, yeah. in both your guys' number ones, you're absolutely right. In fact, I thought you would even mention that game of um, Alien Frontiers that, that you won when you got. Uh, you're getting us kind of. Oh no, that was that wasn't the game you won. That was the game you were out of. Yeah, that's the game when I the started. three of us were fighting. Right, it was because Tim was out. We actually that's had a chance. You were out. That's yeah. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, was, I'm so used to you automatically winning those things. <laughs> but yeah, the breezeway. We had a lot of memories from some of the games, yeah. and I think maybe on the next podcast or two, we'll talk about the actual games themselves and some of the the new games we tried. Yeah. But yeah, th- it was. It's such a comfortable environment to play there. There's easy access. You know, if you need water or bathrooms, or, and there's there's the Starbucks. It's it's a great place to to, yeah. to play games there. And what was also great about it is because it's our hotel, I could just go up to the room and get games. So I, I brought three huge boxes of games, like long, two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, I mean, was it really? It, was, oh, it looked like it, but I don't know. well, I, I calculated how much money's worth of games I had, and I was scared to like leave it in the checked baggage. There were so many games, and especially with that crowd. Yeah, I mean, the people are most likely yeah. to want that stuff. But it was nice just to, like, I would just take a small bag and go up and get, like, two or three games, and I could just come back down and we could play. It would almost be fun to just, like, in the winter, just book the Marriott and go to Indianapolis and just play games there. I would have almost as much fun. Not really a ringing endorsement for Gen Con, I guess. So, sorry, yeah, Gen Con. I well, know this Gen is... Gen Con deserves some credit. I mean, your your point is well taken, but, you know, the crowds make it infectious in some yeah. ways, like... Like the werewolf tournament, and then like the games, they're just like people all up and down the halls playing witch hunt and yeah. the werewolf. It's it's that that part's infectious. It's hard to duplicate that, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, we could with the games you you guys own. Yeah, we could easily spend a weekend. You know, it would fly by just playing games all weekend. So yeah. yeah. So that is our uh, coverage of Gen Con 2015. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to wrap up now. Chris has given me the signal that this is taking too long, Ryan. Yeah, need, to, need to shut up and move on. So I uh, just want to mention a few things as we exit here. First of all, thanks, Tim, for joining us. You guys might hear Tim's voice again next episode, maybe. As Possible. in, yeah. As in probably. <laughs> as in we're recording it in five minutes. <laughs> uh, but BGG Guild 1990. Go out to our homepage, outofgamepodcast.com. Click on the Board Game Geek Guide. They'll take you to our guild where you can join. We've been stuck at 44 members for quite some time, which I'm okay with because that's like a double even number and it's the same number. If it's the OCD. But, you know, now I think the goal is I'd like to get to 50. 50, uh, 50 people in the guild. we're stuck at 49. Yeah, that would be extremely annoying. I'd probably create a fake account and just join. So, so go out and join our guild if you haven't done so. You can also find us on Twitter. What's our Twitter feed? At OG Podcast. Yep. Or Facebook by going to facebook.com slash OG Podcast. You can email us at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. No one's left us a, a voicemail yet. I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, we'll have to do a contest. Yeah, voicemail contest. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll give something away. You need to find someone to give stuff to us again. Or we could do another book. Could do a book. So our voicemail, just to remind you, is 40 OOG OOG 80. I'm not even going to say the numbers because it's just so free-flowing. 40 OOG OOG 80. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. I promise. All right. I think that's it. It's a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good night. See you next time. Good night. Good night.